Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host, as always, and I am really fired up about today's topic. I am going to share with you how you can be successful in your pursuit of intimacy. In fact, I'm going to share with you how you can be successful in any pursuit in your life. Today's topic is going to apply to your career. It's going to apply to perhaps some athletic endeavor in your life. It's going to definitely apply to your search and desire to create a healthy, sustainable relationship. Okay? So if that doesn't get you, you know, curious as to what we're doing here, I don't know what will. Now, this is part three of a seven-part series that we've been doing called Quantum Insights, okay? Now, you know, if you follow this podcast, I have some sort of obsession with the word quantum, right? Because I think it was about a year ago, I did a series of podcasts called Quantum Quotes, right? I collected, I think it was seven of the most powerful quotes from a variety of spiritual teachers, that I could find that I thought, man, if we can embody what this little pithy saying is representing, man, our lives will take a quantum leap, right? Then I did a series called Quantum Questions, and I, I gave you, I think it was five or maybe seven questions that I thought if we really dig deep and find our answers to these questions, that it can catapult our lives. It can give us a quantum leap in our life, our love lives, our pursuit of intimacy, everything, right? So this series, I'm sort of doing it again, and it's called Quantum Insights. Okay, now really what I'm doing here is, you know, one of the things that I've just found myself doing is um, I follow a number of of amazing spiritual teachers, influencers, gurus, mentors. Um, I've always wanted to surround myself with people that I think have something really important to teach me. And some of them I have known personally. Some of them I've known from afar just because I follow their work online or read their books or buy their programs or whatever it might be. And so what I wanted to do in this series is I wanted to take you know, the most important influencers in my life and I wanted to sort of summarize like what is the essential teaching that has produced quantum leaps in my life, Okay. That's not to say that I've arrived anywhere and I'm some enlightened being. God, I'm so far from that. It's a joke. But my life has, I've, I've grown a lot. I've taken some quantum leaps in the way I function, in my love life, in my professional life, my parenting life. And a lot of that can be tied to what I've learned from these spiritual teachers. And so that's what this series is, is I'm identifying the most important influencers in my life and trying to give you the, 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 the essential kernel of truth. Because I believe if you grab a hold of, the, of that truth, um, that it too can produce a quantum leap in your life. Okay? So week number one in this series, uh, I believe it was podcast number 119, um, I introduced you to the person that I've known the best and has made probably the biggest impact on my life, you know, personally, and that is my friend Jim Dethmer. Now, I won't go through an introduction of who he is. You can listen to that podcast and you should, 
Okay? But the kernel of truth that I've taken away from him, now, that, which was hard to do because I've known him since 1990. Okay? We're going on 33 years of being friends. And I've learned tons of things from him. So to kind of narrow it down to what is the one thing that I would most want to say that could transfer to you to help you have a quantum leap in your life or your love life, that was difficult. But I landed on the idea of radical responsibility. Okay, Jim has been an unbelievable example of someone who has been committed to taking radical responsibility for his life and for what's going on in it. I've seen him do that while raising his kids, dealing with his wife, his career, his own self, his own golf game, (laughs) his own pickleball game. I've seen him just be dedicated to not seeing himself as a victim, to not blaming anyone or anything for what's going on in his life. But he's been a person who's demonstrated that he's that he takes responsibility for what's going on, for what's occurring in his life, right? He's been a person who has really demonstrated that life does not happen to me as if I'm a victim of circumstance of other people and so forth. Life doesn't happen to me, he's taught me. It happens by me or because of me. And I've seen him demonstrate an unbelievable level of curiosity, of digging into himself and trying to find what is going on in him that is producing these results, that is creating my life the way it is, right? And because he's lived that way, I've I've also seen his life take quantum leaps off the charts in everything from from his finances to his marriage to his relationship with his coworkers to the friendships he has to the effectiveness and well-being that he experiences in his life. So so not only does radical responsibility make sense to me, he has lived it to the point where it's like I want that because of of the way it's transformed his life. Okay, so that was the first segment. Uh, the first podcast in the series. The second one was from another person who has influenced me huge ways, but I've only had one brief 30-second conversation with this person, and that's Michael Singer. Okay, Now, I've sat at his feet for, I don't know, 80 different live talks. I've read his books, all three of his books. I've, I've read like 15 times each. That might be an exaggeration, but I've read them a ton of times. Um, I still listen to his talks that are posted weekly on his website. So this guy has been a mentor of mine and he doesn't even know it. Uh, And so last week I tried to summarize again, like, boy, of all the things I've learned from Michael, what is the, what's the kernel of truth that I think I want to pass along to my listeners that can give them a quantum leap. And so I titled that podcast, The Human Condition, right? Because I, Michael, better than any other communicator um, that I've ever been around or listened to or read books of, I don't care if it's the Buddha Sutras or teachers that have lived a couple hundred years ago to famous teachers now, no one communicates the, what the human condition is more clearly than Michael Singer, in my opinion. And he basically says, and I won't go into this in depth, but he just says, if you look closely, you've got this not okay feeling going on inside of you, right? It's kind of a restlessness. Maybe you'd call it an emptiness or a stress or a worry or a feeling of not being good enough or being unlovable or being bored or, you know what I mean? If you're honest and you look inside, something's usually bothering you. Something's usually, I mean, you're not walking around and in bliss. Are you? <laughs> right. So that's what he says, right? So there's, there's a, you know, he's, he makes the point. I'm not saying you're suicidal. I'm not saying that you're in such deep trauma. You can't even function. I'm saying there's just, just this not okay feeling in there. If you're honest. 
And he makes the point that that feeling is very intolerable in that, in that our lives, basically our life purpose is to fix that not okay feeling. We are about dealing with that, fixing it, or maybe even distracting ourselves from it. But our life revolves around that not okay feeling, whether you know it or not. But if you look closely, if you feel unlovable deep down inside, your whole life is about trying to get love. Everything from what you wear to how you do your hair to who you talk to to who you date, it's all about, is this going to give me love? Okay? So he makes the point that we have a not okay feeling. It's intolerable. And our life purpose is about fixing it. And then he just simply says, if you look around, perhaps our favorite way of fixing the not okay feeling is trying to find the right partner. (laughs) He's like, we actually believe that if we find the right partner, you know, not just any partner, but a partner that has these qualities these characteristics, if I can find the right partner, it's going to fix that lonely feeling. It's going to fix that unlovable thing. It's going to make me feel safe. It's going to make me feel seen. It's going to fix my not okay feeling. So he just makes the point that relationships become our favorite strategy to fix the not okay feeling. And then he simply says, have you noticed it doesn't work very well? (laughs) It doesn't work. As I say, life partners make lousy life sources. They might make great life partners. But when you think you're going to find someone that is going to heal you on the inside, it's going to fill that void or help you, you know, fix that problem or help you find that identity or finish that story. If you think your partner is going to do that for you, you're, you're, if you haven't noticed, you're going to be disappointed. Okay. So anyway, that's Michael Sanger. Okay. Now today I am going to talk about a topic that I've been wanting to talk about in this podcast for months, but I never found a way to include it. I never found an angle to present it. But I've been wanting to do this. And it's something that I've never really talked before. I've alluded to it, but I've never really gone into it. And so today's spiritual teacher, the the, the thing that has taught me perhaps as much as Jim Dethmer and Michael Singer is the game of golf. Believe it or not, the game of golf has been and continues to be one of my primary spiritual teachers and relationship teachers and life teachers, right? Because you know this podcast is hardcore training for life, just living a great life, a sense of well-being. That's hardcore training for, for love, connections, intimacy, relationships, and it's hardcore training for the pursuit of intimacy, Okay. Golf, believe it or not, has taught me about all those things. And that's what I want to share today. I want to share what golf has taught me. And what's going to be surprising to you is how the correlation between what I, what about golf and your love life, you're going to see that they really overlap. So as I say, I'm going to talk to you about my about how golf is my spiritual teacher. I hope you don't tune me out here. I hope you don't turn this off because stick with me here. You're going to see like, oh my God, that really applies to me, to my love life, to my career, to whatever else I want to be successful at because I've wanted to be successful at golf because I've alluded to this, right? You know, I've been a professional golfer since I graduated college. I'm still technically a professional golfer. I don't play on tour anymore. I go on maybe one or two trips or tournaments where I travel per year. I mostly play locally here in my hometown of Chicago you know, in the summertime. I usually play a tournament on a Monday, things like that, right? I'm, I'm a full-time coach, but my, you know, you might be a runner. You know, you might love pickleball. Nah, I love golf. Okay. That's what I do. And I still play little tournaments. I make a little bit of money doing it. And so forth, but my but but I've been involved in golf 
since I was about 12. In fact, I've got video of me hitting golf balls when I was three. Okay. So it's just been in my blood forever. And it's been my, one of my most powerful spiritual teachers. But again, it's going to, it's going to transfer to your love life. Okay. So here's how I want to present this to you. I want to give you the success formula because that's the name of this particular episode. The success formula Watch how simple this sounds, but wait till you hear how much there is involved. The success formula goes like this. Intention minus attachment equals success in anything, in athletics, in business, in your love life. Intention minus attachment equals success. Now that might sound very simplistic, right? It can't be that easy. Well, yeah, it is that easy, except intention and attachment are huge concepts. <laughs> okay. So let's start with attachment. Now, let me, let me start with the second thing in the equation. What do I mean by attachment? Well, let me give you an example with golf. Okay. What I've noticed and what's really kept me from being as successful in golf as I could have been. I mean, I've had a lot of success. I've probably won 120 tournaments in my life. Um, I've played on the PGA Tour, right? I've, I've, I've beaten Tiger Woods, although it was just in one round. <laughs> I've played in 10 major championships. Okay, so I've had some success in the game, but I don't think that I've ever reached my potential. I, I don't think I ever was as good as I could have been. And that's because of the attachment part of the equation. What I mean by that is golf has always meant so much to me. My performance, I have been attached to my outcome. I have really needed to play well. I have wanted it so bad. I have, my sense of self has always been attached to my golf performance. Now, this is like embarrassing to say, but it, it, but it is the truth. If I played well and did well in a tournament, I felt good about me. I felt other people felt good about me. But if I played poorly, I felt like something was wrong with me. I felt that people thought something was wrong with me or that I was bad, right? So my sense of self has been attached to my performance. I've been attached to my outcome. So I've told people that I call it the game of golf. It's, it's never been a game to me. This has been life or death. This has been a big fucking deal to me. When I play golf, it's like psychological life or death. Like there's a lot on the line. My self-image is on the line. Who I believe myself to be is on the line. So I've, 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 uh, I've ridden this roller coaster. I play good. Oh, I'm high. I feel good about myself. I play bad. I'm in the shitter, right? I'm in the dumps. I'm, I feel lost. I feel hopeless. I feel dread. I feel scared. Okay, so I've, I've ridden this roller coaster my whole life, but I have always been so attached to outcome. I've been needy for it. I've been clingy. I've been grasping for it. In other words, I've been holding on too tight, right? Now, you know what happens in athletics when you try too hard, you play worse, Right When you hold on too tight, your body doesn't function. Just from a physiological standpoint, the more that you're holding on, the less your body can perform the way it's been trained. Right, You need to have freedom. Right, This podcast is launching around July 4th. You need, to, you need inner freedom to perform your best. And what that means is you can't be attached to outcome. You basically got to be able to play golf or any sport and not care 
about where the ball goes. <laughs> you have to be just, I don't care where it goes. I don't care if I win or lose. That's not where my attention is. I'm, I'm free of that. I'm not obsessed about outcome or results. I'm just committed to my process. I'm committed to my path. I'm committed to doing what I feel like I've been born to do. I'm committed to doing what is mine to do. And I'm not paying attention to outcomes. I don't care. So it literally means me standing on a hole where there's water on the right and water on the left, and I'm tied for the lead, and it's the last hole, and standing up and say, well, my intention is to hit it right in the middle of the fairway. So that's what I'm going to try to do. But I don't care if it goes in the water and I blow it. I don't care. It's totally okay if that happens. I don't, I don't care about that. All I'm going to do is try to have my focus and my determination and say, this is the, this is the shot that I'm going to play. And then wherever the fuck the ball goes is where it goes. I really am free on the inside. Now, when I'm like that, it doesn't mean the ball always goes straight because it is golf. But do you get that I'm much more likely to hit a good shot when I'm not trying to steer it and control it? What do they say about baseball pitchers? If you try to steer the ball, you can't throw it straight. But if you just know where you want to throw it and you rear back and you just let it go, I'm not steering this thing. I'm just, I know where I want to throw it, but I'm just, just letting it go. I'm just, I'm just throwing it. Like, I don't care where it goes. <laughs> Like I'm unattached to trying to control the outcome. That's when he throws his best pitch. That's when I hit my best golf shots. When I'm not trying to control the outcome, I'm free. And when you're free, your, your training will be demonstrated. Okay? Now, can you already hear the overlap into your love life? Can you already hear... That if you are trying to control the outcome in this relationship, if you're trying to get the second date, if you're trying to get them to like you, if you're needy, if you're desperate, if you're obsessed, can anybody relate to feeling like my love life is like life or death psychologically? Like if I don't get a partner, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm. Something's wrong with me. I'm not going to be happy. Can anybody relate to the roller coaster? I met someone. He likes me. I like him. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm in the shitter. I'm depressed. Oh, I met someone. I like them. Oh, well, I met someone and they didn't call me back. I didn't get a second date. Oh, I feel terrible. My, can you relate to the roller coaster in your love life? The reason you're on the roller coaster is because you're attached to an outcome. You need it to be a certain way. You want it to be a certain way. To some degree, it's life or death for you. You're obsessed. You're holding on too tight. And what I'm telling you is when I hold on too tight with golf, when a pitcher tries to steer the ball, they don't. their body won't perform properly. And when you are holding on too tight, when you're trying to get this person to like you, you are not going to be performing your authentic self. Because what happens when you're attached to an outcome? What happens when you care where this relationship goes? Well, you're going to have a tendency to play a game, aren't you? Because you want to win. So, you're going to say things that you think that person will be attracted to. You will hide things that, eh, I'm not so sure I should let that person know about this part of my life or my character or my situation, right? You're going to present the best image of yourself in order to get the outcome that you want, right? Tell me you know you do that, right? You're going to perhaps withhold some feelings as you're getting to know someone because you don't want them to think I'm judgmental, I'm neurotic, I'm high maintenance. So you might not say that you didn't like the way your 
your date treated the server. You might not say that you weren't real happy about them being 15 minutes late because I don't want to turn them off to me. I don't want them to think I'm being all anal. You know, do you, do you see it? When you need the outcome, you will be a phony. You will play the game. It's like if you're going in a job interview and you haven't had a job in a year and you need a damn job. I need a job. I need this job. I want this job. I got to have this job. When the interviewer starts asking you questions, in your mind, you're going to be saying, what do they want to hear? What answer do they want me to say? And what do I need to not tell them? Because I'm pretty sure they don't want that answer, right? So you play the game in a job interview. Why? Because you need the job. But what happens if you went into the job and you don't need a job? What if you were just trusting life? I'm trusting that life is going to get me the job that I should have when I should have it. And I'm, I'm okay with or without this job. I really don't care about the outcome. Well, then when the interviewer asks you a question, you're just going to answer honestly. And if they don't like it, well, they don't like it. I guess we're not a good fit. If they do like it, oh, well, great, cool. I guess we're a good fit. But you're just not concerned with controlling a result or getting a result. So you, you're just going to be free, right? You're going to be honest. It's the same way in your love life. If you are attached, it will sabotage your love life every single time. Do you get that? Do you see how golf has taught me that? Roy, if you're attached, you won't be you. You'll get tension in your body and you'll fuck it up. Right? So you got to be free. And in your love life, you got to be free. You can't need an outcome. You can't need them to like you. You can't want to control anything. Then you'll just be you. And then it will go the way it goes. Okay? Now, if you're listening closely, just from the golf angle, but also from the love life angle, you're going to see how crazy this is. It, there's, it's almost contradictory, right? Because we haven't talked about intention yet, right? But intention means at least, it means more than this, as I'll describe in a minute, but it means at least that I know what I want. I, I, I kind of want the ball to go there. This is the swing thought I have. This is what I'm visualizing. This is, you know, the target, right? So I'm dialed in. I'm focused, right? I, I'm paying attention. So I'm putting all that effort in, and then I'm supposed to not care where it goes, <laughs> Right? Aren't they almost contradictory? I, I'm so focused. I want to put the ball right there, right? So it's kind of like, that's what I want, and yet I'm not supposed to want that, right? Do you, see, it's a paradox because they're not contradictory. But do you see how challenging that would be? Like you're supposed to be all dialed in and really paying attention and really focused, and then just let go. I don't care where it goes, right? And then your love life. Well, we all know you want a partner. We, we know you, you've got an online profile or, you know, whatever you're doing. You're meeting someone on Saturday night. You're thinking about what you're going to wear and where you're going to go. And, you know, you're, you're, you have focus on that, right? You're, you're, you have intention. You're going with the person or you're meeting them maybe for the first time because, you know, they check a few of your boxes. They seem attractive for the pictures you've seen, right? So you've got some intention here. Otherwise, you wouldn't be going at all, right? You got some intention, but that I'm here telling you, but you can't care about the outcome. It's like, ooh, Roy, Jesus, you're, you're asking a lot of me. <laughs> I'm not asking a lot of you. I'm showing you this is what it takes to be successful. Because again, if you're attached you're not going to be your natural, normal self. You're going to play some game. You're going to be phony in some way. I'm not saying you'll be phony in some manipulative, dark way. I'm just saying you will naturally want to show them the parts of you that you think they will like, and you will not want them to see the parts of you that you think might turn them off. Right? That's what you're going to do if you need the outcome or you want the outcome to be a certain way. That's phony, but it's not like some sort of dark phony. It's quite natural. It's quite the normal result. 
if you really want to control the outcome. But when you really get to that place where I don't care what happens, I don't care. I'm okay with any outcome. That's not my concern. Then you're in there and you're just going to share yourself with this person. If they like what they see, I guess we're in business. If they don't like what they see, I guess we're not. Okay? Do you see that? Attachment. Minus attachment. You, you got to be unattached to have this kind of freedom that leads to success. Okay? Now, let's talk about intention because this is where it gets really interesting. Okay? Because what I've said so far, listen to my logic. If being unattached is the key, if that was the only part of this, then Eckhart Tolle or Michael Singer, as far as I know, they've never played golf. They're not golfers. But I can guarantee you, if I put a seven iron in their hand and put a golf ball on the ground and said, hit the ball, that if they hit it shitty, they wouldn't take it personal, right? They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be on the roller coaster that I was on. It wouldn't be life or death. They, they wouldn't have any self-consciousness. They wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a bad golfer. I'm a bad person, right? They, they just would be unattached to where the ball goes. They just might have fun with whatever it did, <laughs> right? So what I'm saying is if you're unattached, that's, that leads to success. So does that mean if you're completely unattached that even Eckhart Tolle could hit a drive 350 yards down the middle of the fairway. Why not? He's unattached. He's free. His, his body would be free to move. There's no tension. There's no constriction. There's no grasping. There's, he's not holding on too tight. Why couldn't he hit the ball 350 yards down the middle of the fairway? Because he doesn't have any intention. Now, you might even argue with that. What do you mean? What if he stood behind the ball and he visualized, Roy? He visualized the flight. He kind of thought how he wanted to hold it and kind of how he wanted to move his body. And, he's, and he really told you, Roy, maybe Eckhart tells you, Roy, I want the ball to go right there, 350 yards down the fairway. So isn't that intention? So Eckhart, who's not even a golfer, he has intention of where he would like the ball to go and he's unattached. So that means he should have success. He should be able to do it, right? Well, we all know that's not the case. Why? Because the way I just described intention is the tip of the iceberg. That's not intention. Or, or that's like the tip. That's like a, a tiny little 1% piece of it, <laughs> Right? What you do in the moment, the way, the way you want to move your body, the swing you want to make, the place you want the ball to go, in that moment, that's not intention. Neither is intention the way you want to be when you're standing in front of that person on a date. I know the person I want to be. I know what I'm looking for in a relationship. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm sort of focused. I... I have this intention for my love life. That is an intention in your love life. Nor is that intention in your golf life. Intention is not something you do when you're standing in front of a golf ball or standing in front of a person. Intention is a lifestyle. Intention is a dedication to a path. It is a dedication to a commitment that everything within you is committed to that endeavor. That's what intention is. It's not what you do in the moment on a Friday night. I'm intending to be honest today and I want to do this and that. No, this is a lifestyle. So let me tell you what real intention is in golf because this is where some golf Psychologists and stuff, I think they either don't know this 
or they leave it out because it is very unattractive to tell golfers. But what they do is they they describe it the way I just did. They say that in golf, you know, you have to stand behind the golf ball and make your decisions about the wind and how far it is and what club you're going to hit, the shot you want to hit and all that, right? Kind of you're, sta- you're standing outside the batter's box. And then you get in the batter's box and then you execute, right? And so that's what they describe as intention. And I laugh at that because Eckhart Tolle could do that. And he'd be unattached. And so why couldn't he hit a good shot? Because that's not intention. Intention's a lifestyle. So let me describe to you, to hit a ball 350 yards down the fairway, <laughs> okay? Let's, let's take that you're totally unattached. What that means is since maybe the age of 12, you've been doing it hundreds of times every single day of your life. And you have taken lessons and spent tons of money having people teach you how to move your body. And you have spent thousands of dollars getting the right equipment in your hands that matches your skill level, your strength level, how tall you are. And you've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on practice balls, practice rounds. You have hired personal trainers to help you be flexible and strong. You've worked, you've worked with speed trainers to help you swing the club fast so you can hit it far. You've, you've hired sports psychologists to help you learn how to have intention without attachment, right? <laughs> you've played hundreds of tournament rounds, right? Do you see, that's what it takes to be able to stand behind a golf ball and then have this microscopic, nonsensical idea of I have an intention about where I want to hit it. You won't be able to do that if you haven't been committed to training. If you haven't been committed to a path, if you haven't demonstrated a lifestyle that then can produce when you're not attached, it will never happen. This is not woo-woo, right? Eckhart Tolle doesn't move the ball through time and space, okay? It doesn't work that way, okay? The only way Eckhart hits a drive 350 yards is if he spent a life like mine, because I just described my life to you. If, if he's done what I've done, then he, could, he might be able to do that, even though I can't hit a 350, <laughs> okay? Maybe 300 with a lot of roll. But do you see my point here? Is that I don't care if you're unattached. That doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You, and it doesn't matter if you kind of have an intention of what you want to do. You, you need to have had a lifestyle of dedicating yourself to improvement, to growth, to learning, to mastery. And I'm telling you, if you want success in your love life, yeah, you got to be unattached to outcome. Otherwise, you'll play games and be phony and just you'll create drama. But more than that, or at least as much, you have to be committed to a path. You have to be committed to training, to getting yourself better, to improving, to working on your game, you could say. You have to demonstrate a lifestyle of wanting to learn what does it mean to live and love consciously? What does it mean to communicate with candor? What does it mean to be emotionally intelligent? What does it mean to not listen to that voice in my head? To question its beliefs and its stories and its judgments because that stuff will mess up your love life. What does it mean to let go of my past so that I'm able to trust and open my heart in a relationship? You see, I don't care how intentional you are on this date on Friday night or Saturday night. I don't care that you're there and I know that I like this person and I want to, 
you know, show up there and I know what I'm looking for in a partner and I'm focused and I'm, I don't care about that kind of intention because if you have not gotten yourself in relationship shape, it ain't going anywhere. You're not going to drive your love life 350 yards down the fairway. Not going to happen. You have have you have to be getting yourself in shape. You have to be working on yourself. You have to be training. That's what intention is. And when you've done that and you're prepared for something real, then when you meet someone and you're not concerned with outcome, boom. You're in a great relationship. Or you are going to be able to perform and be your best. You're going to be your greatest potential as a partner. See, because even if I, I, I've had a life of intention in golf, okay, that one I've mastered. I, 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 will, I will put my intention in golf up against anybody in the world, including Tiger Woods, okay? I'll, I'll say that right here live. Anybody can challenge me on that. Even to this day at 63, I practice like a maniac, okay? But the attachment part, that's what's kept me, not from being the best golfer in the world. I don't know if I had that potential, but it kept me from being the best version of me, right? I had enough intention to reach my potential, See, some people don't work very hard at their game and they don't reach their potential because they don't work on themselves enough. Your love life might not be what you want it to be because you haven't worked hard enough on yourself. Okay? But I have worked on myself in my golf game. What held me back was it meant too much to me. It was life or death and that affect my, if it affected my body, my body's ability to really perform as I trained it. See, I would, I would go play practice rounds by myself or on the range by myself and I would, I would hit maybe a hundred shots in a row that were absolutely perfect. I mean, I would put on a ball striking display. I'd, I'd do it sometimes and I'd look around and say, does anybody see this? Does anybody see how good that is? <laughs> like one after another, like it was rewinding the same shot. Bing, 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 bing. Same flight pattern, same place. You could find the balls within a five-yard radius, okay? Get in a tournament? I didn't do that. Why? Because in practice, I'm free, right? It doesn't matter. No one's watching. No one's keeping score. It doesn't matter. And so then my potential is awesome. Well, I have the same potential in a tournament. Why don't I do it in a tournament all the time? Uh, Because I get attached, Because now I get nervous, because now I need it, because now I want it, because now it means something. I've made it mean something, and now I don't function to my potential. That's what's happening in your love life. That's why you're single. I often tell people, this is the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, and the desire to attract lasting love is the problem. (laughs) That's your problem, is that you want it. That you need it. You're clinging to it. You're grasping after it. You're attached to it, which will make you not be the potential person you could be. You won't be free. You won't be free to be your playful, sensual, vulnerable, present, radiant self. You're going to be less than who you are. You're going to play less than your level because you're attached. Does that make sense? So there you go. I don't care what you want success in. You need to have a lifestyle of intention. You need to do your part. You need to work on yourself. And then you need to do the spiritual work of letting go of needing an outcome. Letting go of wanting to control. Oh my God, we are all control freaks. Have you noticed that? We're always trying to control everything to make it turn out the way we want it to. I want them to behave a certain way. I want my golf ball to go a certain way. I want this relationship to go a certain way. I want him to text me a certain way. I want him to treat me a certain way. I want her to look a certain way. I want her to have sex with me a certain way. 
We are totally wanting to control everything, which fucks us up on the inside and keeps us from being free and being the potential person that we that we've trained to be, that we are. So that's how you that's how you can be successful in your love life. That's how to be successful in your pursuit of intimacy. Commit to a lifestyle of training and commit to a spiritual recognition to where you are unattached. To where you can just, really the way you get to unattachment is by trusting life. Or you can call it God, call it whatever you want. But you just trust. You trust that life is unfolding optimally. Love, life is unfolding perfectly. Maybe not the way my ego wants it, but life is unfolding for me, not against me. Life is for me. And so if this relationship doesn't turn out, that must be good for me. If this relationship does turn out, that must be good for me. So I don't care what happens because either one is going to be just what life wants for me. And that's what's important to me. You remember what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, not my will be done, but thy will be done. That's it right there. Jesus is saying, I know my will, I would prefer not to die of crucifixion. Thank you very much. But not my will done. I, I want what life wants for me. Thy will, right? And so when you are trusting like that, you're going to be free. See, if I trust like that, then I can stand up and let the ball go and there's nothing at stake here because my self-image is not at stake. I get off the roller coaster when I trust. Now, this is not something you do once and then you're good to go the rest of your life. Not in my experience. I have to release my attachment to outcome dozens of times during a round of golf. Some shots, I'm like, I'm free. I know what I want to do. Just let it go. And if it goes over there, then go find it and then play it again. Whatever, right? Sometimes I'm free like that. Other times I'm steering that ball, trying to control it. You know, sometimes because I've worked so hard, I can still hit a decent shot. Other times I get messed up. But I have to shift back and forth, back and forth during a round of golf. When I find myself attaching, needing it, getting nervous, my stomach's clenching up. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I can notice that and I can shift and let go. Sometimes I can do it. Sometimes I don't. Same way with you. This is not a one-time thing. You might have to shift dozens of times in a relationship. Oh, what did I say right there? Did he... Was that should I, I should not have said that, shouldn't I? Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at that. Oh, I should have laughed at that. Oh my God, I'm so attached right now. Girl, take a breath. Girl, take a breath. Relax, let go. Whatever happens is okay. Good. And then you're back to being yourself and you're connecting with this person, having a conversation. And then two minutes later, you might be all, oh God, what, what did he mean by that? Uh, does, oh my, is that a red flag? Is that a yellow flag? What, uh, what the hell, right? And then you're all messed up again on the inside and then you shift. So you might have to release your attachment over and over and over again. Now, if I think if we keep practicing this over time, we will be unattached for longer and longer stretches. And only occasionally will we notice that we're clenching trying too hard, holding on too tight. But in the beginning, you might be having to shift every two minutes. <laughs> I mean, there, there's been rounds of golf recently that I've played where I, I was just uptight on every shot. And I had to get to the place where I was just okay with, I can't let go. <laughs> I can't. This is important. I really want this to happen. I really want to play good and I, I can't let go. And I was like, okay, Roy, then just hold on. I mean, just go ahead. Just make it life or death. Enjoy yourself. Right. I mean, I had to almost accept myself for being attached because I just, I couldn't let go. 
Right. I shouldn't say couldn't. I just didn't want to, right? So this is the formula for success. A lifestyle of intention and a spiritual path toward freedom that comes from being unattached. Now, I could never give you a better advertisement for coaching than that because I've needed help on both of those things. I still need help on both of those things. I still talk to people about my attachment. I talk to Jim, my friend Jim Dethmer, all the time about how attached I am. You know, and I still have a swing coach. I still have a person who helps me with my putting, right? And and I don't even play for a living anymore. It's it's just a hobby and I still have all this shit going on, <laughs> okay? So I'm still getting coaching on the things that that I'm doing. So surely you need coaching on how to train yourself, how to get ready for something real, how to really get yourself in relationship shape so you can create something healthy and sustainable. And I know you need help on letting go of attachment. Right? You you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't attached to outcome. Right? If you didn't care about being in a relationship or not being, both are the same to me. I'm free either way. I'm trusting life. Well, you wouldn't be listening to me because you'd be like, I don't need to listen to how to attract a life partner because that's not my focus, right? So everybody listening to the sound of my voice is got some attachment issues in one way or the other. There's nothing wrong with that. It just means you're human. But if you want to be successful, if you want to create that healthy, sustainable, intimate relationship or any kind of a relationship, then you need to work on both intention minus attachment. And most likely you need someone to help you with that. And that's what I do as a coach, right? So you know where to find me. You really do. It's Roy at coachingwithroy.com or my cell phone is 407-687-3387. So I hope this has spoke to you. I I hope that I've been able to take my teacher, Golf, and show you the insights it can give you to give you a quantum leap in your pursuit of intimacy. And until next week, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.